Welcome into another episode of Miked Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmerica. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Downtown Lou. Make sure you visit them right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri on 1st and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So be sure to visit their website at downtownlube.com for their full list of services. Not a matter of if, matter of when you're going to need that oil change and those tires service. So make sure you get that taken care of right here in Joplin at Downtown Lube. And welcome into the show. We appreciate everybody listening and following along, uh, battling some winter sicknesses, but a lot going on in sports. Obviously, we had uh, the playoffs. We have uh, Michigan has won the national championship, and I think one of the biggest uh, bombs dropped ever, uh, and that was Nick Saban retiring. So we thank you and appreciate you guys joining us on a Thursday. It's been a minute since we did one of these on a Thursday. Yeah, it, it is. Thursdays <laughs> are a little different these days than what they used to be. Yeah. I had that hit yep. me last week. I was like, man, for a good year and a half, every Thursday, we were parked at 6.09. I know it was even longer mm-hmm. for you, but for me, it was like, Phew, those were some times. <laughs> for a good six years, I don't know how I functioned on a Thursday, or sorry, on a Friday morning. Yeah. <laughs> but here we are. We're grown up now. Grown ups. Look at us. Who would have thought? <laughs> a lot of people that know me were like, nope. Won't happen. Like, oh, he's still alive? That's good. Uh, barely. A little sick, but battling through. Uh, have to talk about this to get off uh, the top of the show. Nick Saban retiring kind of out of nowhere. Um, I don't know if many people expected it. I didn't. Uh, I thought maybe. I, I just I didn't see it at all. I, when it came yeah. through, I was very shocked. I didn't see any rumors of it or hear any rumors of it. Uh, very surprised when it happened. I thought he probably had another couple years left in him, but I think Nick Saban probably realized that he got all that he could out of this team. And what they have coming back next year is not going to be as great as it usually is at Alabama. And that's maybe that's not a Nick Saban thing to do, but that roster is going to be tough. They played lights out this year, better than they should have played, that's for sure. And then he's getting a little bit old. I did see some rumors after the announcement that maybe he's interested in being on uh, ESPN College Game Day, which would be pretty interesting, uh, taking wow. the place of Lee Corso, who I I grew up watching Game Day. I love it. Uh, I still catch it from time to time. It's time for Lee Corso to go. It was time five years ago for Lee Corso to go. Yeah. And I, I respect what ESPN's doing by keeping him around, letting him do the gig. It's time. He can't even do the full show anymore. Uh, Nick Saban, if he wants to slide into that chair, that's a good get. You have one of the greatest coaches in college football history that can do it, and he already kind of has that relationship with Pat McAfee too. Yeah, and I mean he's been a daily, I think, or a weekly uh, appearance on the show this last football season as well. Mm-hmm. And the thing with Saban, you know, like as more information has kind of come out, and like, I mean, it's only been a week, which is crazy because like it's even been longer yeah. than that because there's just so much stuff going on, but. It's kind of crazy to like to look back at it and say, 
okay, very surprised that he's retired. But then you kind of see all the small things, like the extra moment that he took that last game in Alabama mm-hmm. where he you know, runs to one side of the field, kind of waves at everybody, and then runs back across and continues to wave as he finally exits the stadium. Um, doing more media stuff, I don't feel like we necessarily – or maybe I just never paid attention to it. But he has done a ton of media stuff this year, uh, even with like the college game day thing too. Um, I think that would be a great fit for him, and with Corso, surely this was his last year. Like, surely they're not they're not going to have him back next year. He hit all the all the milestones this last season with what the 400th or 200th stop and 400th mascot. There was hundreds of things that had taken place for him that they celebrated like really big. But with Saban retiring, I heard something today of like you know maybe Saban just kind of realized that the the booster money for Alabama isn't there like it is with a you know, the actual, the other true bloods of the college football world, like a, a Michigan or, you know, a Texas or an Oregon that's sitting there with all that Nike money. Like, yeah, Alabama has their boosters, but mm-hmm. to be able to keep up and pay these NIL deals, maybe they're not going to be able to compete like that with some of these other schools cans. And he's kind of like, yeah, I don't want to deal with that or mess with it. So let me just go ahead and get out while I can. Yeah. And I saw a thing too, with looking at like the number of billionaires per state and Alabama has like zero and it was on Twitter. So I, I don't even know yeah. if it's true or not. Just trying to be able to compete. And a, a lot of people, I think everybody's been talking about Nick Saban, um, but even bringing up the fact that players at Alabama were taking a Nick Saban discount. They weren't bringing in as much money as they could have if they went to you know, Texas or USC or somewhere else because they wanted to go play for Nick Saban. They wanted to go to the NFL where they knew they were going to make their money then. And I, I think that Alabama is probably in for a rude awakening when they realize that it's going to be tough to recruit without Nick Saban. And we're seeing that a lot already. Now, like everyone's gone. Mm-hmm. They have 20, they've had 25 players at the portal. Florida State's got like five of them. Texas has yeah. two. They just had a couple more guys at the portal. Mm-hmm. Like it's just nuts. Yeah. And then even when you look at the guys that aren't even hitting the portal, just high school players that have already decommitted and – I know a lot of Alabama fans are upset, and over the years I've gained a little bit of a following from Alabama fans. I'm sorry about you, guys. Like, Welcome to the rest of college football, where Alabama has been unfair for years. But you lost a legendary head coach. These players have the right to transfer. We, we screamed about it for years, that if a coach leaves, a player should be able to as well. Mm-hmm. Now it's just happening at the top, where you're seeing – uh, Caleb Downs, who was a freshman All-American, safety at Alabama, put his name in the transfer portal. And, you know, they're starting, I think, left tackle, put his name in the transfer yeah. portal, too. And Sorry, that's the way that college football works now. Uh, you know, you're seeing it at Washington, too. Washington hired, um, or sorry, Alabama hired Washington's head coach. So you're seeing a lot of those guys from Washington either declare or go to the NFL draft. And... Arizona is feeling that too. Washington hired Arizona's head coach, Jed Fish. Some of those guys have put their name in the portal, although it kind of looks like some of them might be coming back. But I, I think it's been very exciting to watch because, well, because our team is reaping the benefits of it. Texas is <laughs> well, cleaning it up. Yeah. <laughs> just keep on coming, boys. Like every time. You just mentioned Caleb Downs. Like, if, I, I, I'm not going to shut up. Like, I'm going to run my mouth. Mm-hmm. If he finds his way to Texas, like yeah. I have with these other receivers, it's like, oh my God, let's freaking go, baby! Mm-hmm. And it sounds like he's probably going to go to Georgia. 
Um, but I'm still holding out hope that he will. Uh, Georgia just hired the Alabama defensive coordinator, and he went to Georgia to coach safeties. And that was, I think, one of the reasons why Caleb Downs left. But I'm, I'm still holding out hope that maybe he finds his way to Texas because he is one of the best players in college football, not just like a guy that hit the transfer portal, not a guy that had a lot of potential as a recruit. He did it last year. He is maybe the best defensive player in college football next year, and he's in the portal. So it sounds like Georgia, maybe Texas, uh, but like I said, they also had Caden Proctor, uh, an offensive tackle. He entered the portal. Um, Isaiah Bond went to Texas. Yeah, I know a lot of people are upset deal. about you that. See that? <laughs> yes, I did. Freaking uh, holy shit! <laughs> and again, like this is what so many people asked for, and this is what you wanted. You wanted guys to be able to make money or get cars off of their name, image, likeness. So you can't be mad when some dealership in Austin, Texas, is willing to give a kid a Lamborghini so that he goes to that school. I'm well, sorry. God damn, I mean, I got 30 of them sitting here. I might as well give one to the kid. I mean, shit, you're going to bring us a national title. You might as well ride around style, son. <laughs> right. Come on Just, down. You want uh, one? Who's next? Receiver that caught like 40 passes last year. No, he's got a Lamborghini. Uh, that's the beauty of college football now, and that's what you can do. So I, I love it. I do. I love the excitement of it, too. Uh, you get that free agency period in the NFL where it's cool and it's exciting to see players join new teams. I still like it. In college football. And again, maybe it's a little bit different because the team that we root for is getting a lot of of guys. They, they went from losing three receivers to now they have three more that are coming in next year. And it looks really good. So for this season, I'm totally on board. And I probably will stay there. I've, I've been there. But it's just it's really nice for us Texas fans right now. Oh, for sure. And I mean, like we talk about Alabama, like they're going to be hit with like just the stick of reality of like, holy cow, it's going to be hard to win 10 games. The SEC is even tougher. We're competing now. We don't have the money like we thought we would. We don't have the name and the head coach of Nick Saban. It's going to be tough. And there's no discredit to the coach they just hired. And I always botch his last name. Is, is it DeBauer or DeBoer? Or, and it's neither one of those, is it? For Alabama? Yeah. DeBoer. DeBoer. Okay, I was close. He's had success everywhere he's been. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be tough coming to Alabama. Like, I don't think it's going to be an immediate, like, okay, yeah, we're just going to pick up where we left off. I doubt that. Mm-hmm. But the other thing I wanted to ask you, is this the true off-season segment for college football now that we have NIL? Because I think this was something we talked about a couple months ago was, hey, like, college football really needs to find that off-season period and dictate, like, okay, hey, if you're hitting the portal, this is your time to go. And I think it's just kind of naturally played out to where, yeah, this could be the off season, you know, in a sense of here are your free agents, coaches going to different spots, national championship games over, get everything ready, have your stuff locked in, then go into spring ball, and that's it. You, you, then you have your roster set going into the season. Yeah, it probably is. And they probably still need to finalize some things and make it a little bit easier. But, like, what do you want these kids to do? They committed to play at Alabama. And then Nick Saban decides, it's time for me to hang it up. I'm going to retire. You shouldn't be stuck at that university. Or if you were at Washington and you lose your head coach, sorry, you shouldn't be stuck at that university. Uh, College kids can transfer at semester. Uh, You're not stuck with that university when you commit out of high school if you're a regular student. So I don't know why these student athletes should be required to stay where they committed either. 
Uh, transfer at semester if you I want. I just kind of had like a glass shattery mode of like, damn, I could have. I could have gone anywhere I wanted at a semester break. My nope, ass was like, all right, where's the, where's the next one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, it's funny because the people that will scream about like, oh, they're, they're students first and then athletes are the same people that like don't want them to transfer like a regular student would. You know, like I transferred like three times, I think, uh, before I graduated. Nobody was like, hey, you can't do that. No, they're just like, all right, well, we'll send your transcript over. So good luck at the next place. <laughs> Thanks. That's the way college football play or any <laughs> college athlete should be really like. And I'm all about the one time guilt free transfer in, for whatever reason you want. I just got an alert before we started recording about some tight end at the University of Miami that this is his ninth season playing mm-hmm. college football. So are we really worried about Isaiah Bond, who was at Alabama, his coach retires, and then he goes to Texas and gets a Lamborghini? Nope. Like, how can you hate on that? I, if you do, you're just a grumpy old man. <laughs> yeah. It is, it's ridiculous. But, like, this kid that's playing nine years, maybe that's where the, the get-off-my-lawn type of thing kind of comes in. It's like, nine years, bro? Come on, man. You went into college in 2000. Go get a job. You've got a doctorate. Yeah. You're done, dude. And like, and if you don't come out of school with a doctorate or damn near close to it, what have you been doing? Yeah. I started to read it a little bit, I, and I, I just didn't have time to finish it. A lot of his seasons were cut short uh, due to injury, and some of them didn't count. So he hasn't played in nine seasons. Uh, but it is, it's still wild that he's been in college since like 2016. Yeah, but so 2016, I have a timeline here for you. 2016, redshirted at Oregon, 18-21, to 21, missed seasons due to injuries and COVID-19. Mm-hmm. 2022, returned to play at Oregon, 23, transferred to Miami, 2024, returning for ninth season. <laughs> hey, man, I would do it. If you can play college ball again, I know I used to work with a guy yeah. who he started his college – um, like athletic career as running track. He was a track athlete. And then the football coach saw him running track and was like, hey, do you want to come try out for the football team, actually? And he was outstanding, like freshman All-American his first year. But he was a freshman All-American. It was his junior year in college, but his first year playing football. So he played football for two years, graduated, and then thought, like, well, I'm done. Like, I'm graduating. I'm done playing college football until the coach was like, no, we want you back next year. You still have two years of eligibility (laughs) for football. Like you need to come back. And he did. He was just like, all right, whatever. I guess I will take master's level classes if you're going to pay for it and I'll play football again. And so I, I like the story of being able to play. If they're going to let you do it. I didn't realize that. So because you didn't start playing the sport to your junior year, you're still technically a freshman? I guess the, the, you get four years to play your sport. Holy and smokes. <laughs> Why didn't someone tell uh-huh. me that when I was a senior, dog? I'm like, shit, I'm ready to play, coach. Put my practice squad. I'll get my ass beat uh-huh. in four years. I'm on the team. Well, that's You get a lot of Mormon players. Uh, they have to go yeah. and do their, I don't know, service time, whatever it is. And then they come back, and they're like 22, 23 years old but they're freshmen in college. And so by the time they're seniors, you're like, oh my gosh, this kid at BYU is, he's a monster. Like, this is a grown man. man amongst boys. (laughs) Yes, he is. (laughs) He's 25 years old now. So yeah, he's dominating these kids who are 18 and 19. But you you have four years. Or 
guys that uh, you've seen a lot of, like Brandon Whedon, uh, was drafted to play baseball, went, mm-hmm. tried to play baseball for a while, didn't really work out. So then he goes back to college. You get four years to play. So it's a wild system, but it makes sense. Can't blame him. Dang. No. Mm-hmm. Hey, you probably still have four years of eligibility if you're going to try to walk on somewhere. Long snapper, baby. <laughs> 10 for 10 Ford, in the trash can. <laughs> Fort Scott Community College. Here we go. They canceled their football program. <laughs> what? Did they really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, like never mind. Four years ago. Yeah. Shit out of luck. Damn. <laughs> Whoops. Huh. Well, go somewhere I'll, else. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make a tape and send it around and see what we got. <laughs> hey, Wouldn't that be freaking hilarious? You can't say stuff like that because I'll get you on a field and we'll make. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll get right. you a huddle account. <laughs> Already got one, dog. Already got one. <laughs> you would show up to a walk-on like practice tryout, and people would be like, "Are we getting punked? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. who's who is this guy? Is this why like- is this coach <laughs> continually long snapping? What the <laughs> get get this man off the field? Like, what's up, boys? What's plans for tonight, huh? Huh? Where the ladies? Hello, at? fellow kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no cap, guy. no cap, huh? Shit. <laughs> another guy that's coming back to college football uh, was Quinn Ewers. I think that one made a lot of news. I felt like most of the guys who we thought were going to commit to the NFL did. Uh, Caleb Williams took it down to the wire, but he finally uh, announced that he was declaring for the NFL. J.J. McCarthy was another one that was a little bit of a surprise. We were kind of waiting to see what he would do. J.J. Um, McCarthy to the NFL, but Quinn Ewers back. I think that's another reason, too, why you see a lot of these guys committing to Texas. Uh, you, you'll see some go to Georgia as well, but it's it's kind of wild to be a Longhorn fan and to see <laughs> kind of see it come full circle. Of like, wow, we are on top of the world. We are dominating and then in a split second, oh, my God, we suck. Like, this is so <laughs> bad. To even for years, I wondered if Texas would ever be back, if they could ever that even wasn't really that be ago. competitive. No, like two years ago, I was like, oh, my gosh, I, Tom Herman is going to run this program into the ground. And I, there were times when I thought he was going to be the savior. I didn't get excited about the Steve Sarkeesian hire because it's like pfft, he is a couple drinks away from getting fired on an airplane. so far it's working out uh pretty well and that's why uh we kind of talked about it uh way too early top tens i put up my way too early top 10 um i had georgia as number one they just they bring back so many starters and i think they're about to add some more guys in the portal but i put texas at number two and i i researched it a lot i looked at the starters that are coming back what they have, I looked at some other people's way too early top 25s because I didn't want to be biased. Mm-hmm. But Texas just has so much coming back that I put them at number two. Uh, they reloaded their receiver room. They're probably going to add a couple more of these Alabama transfers, uh, maybe even some Washington transfers. I know there's a corner there in Austin mm-hmm. this week who is probably going to be a Longhorn. And if they get Caleb Downs, I, I don't know what I'll do. I, I that'll be that'll be almost as exciting as Arch Manning going to Texas for Oh me. for sure. So ooh, like profile pick worthy? No, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> if I can find <laughs> I forgot I did that. <laughs> for a long time. Is it still? No, you've changed it. But. No. But even when I got back into teaching and met my wife, 
I had to answer questions of like, who is the uh, the kid that you have as your profile picture? <laughs> I had to tell colleagues and my future wife that, well, it's a, it's a high school kid <laughs> who plays football. <laughs> you know Peyton Manning? Yeah, thankfully I had that to fall back on. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, that sounds so <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, he's going to my favorite school. Kind of a big deal. Yeah, second date, just like, hey, uh, I've been meaning to ask you. I noticed that's not you in your profile picture. <laughs> Correct. Uh, you know me, big kid lover. What up? <laughs> yeah. uh, Texas comes in at number two. Number three, I put Oregon. And then I did this uh, a couple days ago. I put Alabama at four. I don't think they're going to stay there. Like, I'll do this yeah. again in the early, early fall, late summer. They are losing so much. It's almost painful to watch because it feels like every day there's a new player that's like, nope, I'm going to go ahead and put my name in the portal and we'll see what happens. I'm kind of surprised that Jalen Milrow, the the quarterback there, hasn't yeah. done it yet. But, I mean, you've had a lot of guys, the offensive line, defense. Uh, you're losing somebody key at almost every position. It's going to be a rough go for Alabama. And I have Ohio State at number five. But they are trending upward. For me, I think if Will Howard can play quarterback at all, this Ohio State team can be very good uh, because they got some guys in the portal and they've got some dudes coming back yeah. too, like guys Both that I expected backs, to declare. Receivers, right? They got the running back from Ole Miss as well. He transferred there. Uh, I think Ohio State has a chance to be really, really good next year, uh, and Ryan Day needs it too. Uh, nice. Number six, I put Ole Miss. Number seven, Missouri. Number eight, Penn State. Number nine, Oklahoma. And number 10, Florida State. Yeah, and I got, I got a couple questions for you here with this as well. Uh, Georgia at number one, understandably so. Um, my only fear with this is, as Texas and Oklahoma comes into the SEC, is this maybe the wrong year to do it because Georgia's just going to be playing with flat-out like vengeance this season since they missed the playoff? Is this the year where they just middle finger to everybody like, we don't care who you are. We missed it last year. I know it's going to 12 teams, but it's like we need to send a message. Yeah, probably so. Um, I, I think they're definitely going to be playing with, uh, like, a chip on their shoulder, like revenge-type season for Georgia. I think that even some of the guys that came back uh, even said, like, we are coming back because we want to win a national championship. We want that SEC title. We want to be crowned again. And I, Texas and Georgia play very early in the season? Uh, I, think. I think it's like week four or five, mm -hmm. right? Is is it before? It's like right before or just slightly after Oklahoma, which is October, of course. It's after. So Texas, Georgia plays at Texas October 19th. So mid-October. it's a night game. They've already deemed the time, right? Oh, they should. I thought uh, they, I thought I saw that. Maybe I'm making it up. but I mean, there's there's a very good chance that that's probably still number one versus number two. If Texas can take care of business, I, Georgia most likely will. But that's going to be one of the most exciting games all year. Um, yeah. It'll be a real test of Texas. Of like, Do you belong in the SEC? Here's our top dog. Uh, no pun intended. But like, yeah. you're going to get your test <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I think Georgia is going to be scary. And I, in the NFL, it's like, yeah, they're grown men. They don't need that extra motivation. But you're still, you're an athlete. And when yeah. things don't go how they're supposed to, like with Georgia, who was probably one of the best teams in the in the nation last year, I do think that they're going to come out on like a revenge tour. 
Yeah, and I mean, three titles in four years, like, that's technically a dynasty if you're George, and if you're Kirby Smart, this is mm-hmm. your opportunity to move on from Saban and kind of build your own. Yeah. Continue to build your own uh, resume here in terms of that and mm-hmm. as a great coaches in the college football world. My next question, though, uh, Old Miss, is this their opportunity to kind of sneak in and make a huge difference in the SEC instead of just being a team that's like, oh, you know, they got some guys, but mm-hmm. still no. Yeah, I think Old Miss is going to be very impressive. I put them at number six. Uh, they have Jackson Dart returning. I've just been kind of waiting for him to kind of emerge and be something special. I know you and I were both pretty impressed of what he did uh, as a freshman at USC. Yep. And then coming in to Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin, I maybe I'm wrong again, but I think next year is going to be his coming out party where he probably came back to school thinking, I could be QB1 in the next draft class. I, I don't want to enter with Caleb Williams and Drake May. But I'm going to come back to Ole Miss another year with Lane Kiffin, and then maybe he could be QB1 in that next draft class. But they, they definitely have an opportunity here with another veteran quarterback. And anytime you can bring back a kid for his third season with the same coach and the same team, it's usually going to be. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well, especially if in terms of him being the number one quarterback in the class. Is that something that everyone else is kind of talking about, or is this – like, hey, this is the the Joe Burrow guy kind of coming in by surprise. They're like, you know, we're not really ranking him that high, but all of a sudden it's like, boom, here he is. I think Quinn Ewers will probably enter as QB1 to start the season, but he's got a lot of question marks too. So Jackson Dart is going to be right up there. Um, there's, there's not a lot of great quarterbacks for next year. That's why a lot of guys uh, predicted that maybe J.J. McCarthy would even come back at Michigan. But, I mean, I left them off my top ten. I just Harbaugh's out here interviewing for almost every job that he can get in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's probably why McCarthy left as well. But I, QB1 for next year is just really up in the air. I, I think Jackson Dart is in play for it, but somebody's going to have to emerge and, and be really good because even Quinn Ewers has a lot of question marks. I mean, you've watched games with me where I just I shit on him almost every incompletion it yeah. might be the only one that he has that game, but I'm like, why? Why would you do that? Even in the college football playoff game, it's like you can't just lob the ball up to A.D. Mitchell, who's six foot four. You get two opportunities, and you can't do it. Like, I could go out there and do it right now. <laughs> I couldn't, <laughs> but that's what I was yelling at my TV. <laughs> you probably could, realistically. Like That just would be something your ass does. It's like, yeah, see, not that hard, and then you just walk off. And, like, the whole time you're walking off, you're like, fuck, I did that. Like, shit. <laughs> Blow out a knee while walking off. <laughs> Knock on wood, you don't. A couple more questions for you, though, in regards to uh, your way too early top ten. Florida State, like I mentioned earlier, I think they've gotten about five or six Alabama transfers um, that appear to be official. Is this a school that also is back and kind of has that sense of vengeance of we were left out of the college football playoff as well, but we've got these transfers you know, we've lost our starting quarterback and some stud at receivers as well, but we've also made up for it. Now it's our turn to go here in the ACC. Yeah, and they lose their starting quarterback, but they got DJ Uyunglele, who has had his ups and downs. I don't know if he's going to be anything special. Uh, if he were drafted, we would have called him a bust because he didn't live up to that potential. But I still think he can be a really good quarterback. And they've, they've got a lot of really solid pieces there at Florida State. So I think they are back. And Mike Norvell, their head coach, he probably had the opportunity to go to Alabama. 
but he quickly recommitted to Florida State and said, "No, I'm, I'm here. This is where I want to build something." Um, it really he took his name out before it could ever even get started. Uh, we saw the same thing with Dan Landing at Oregon. I mean, yeah. as soon as Nick Saban announced his retirement, people were already tying Dan Landing to that job of like, this is the guy that you make the first call to. And he quickly put out like a video on Instagram or something. Which of looked like, freaking incredible. <laughs> I was all about yeah. it. And then even when Sark did the same thing, now granted, mm-hmm. I know he got a, a big <laughs> pay raise to kind of maybe. Oh yeah. A lot of these stay. guys did. Yeah. But like, Good for them. <laughs> man, you put out that video and I was like, shit, like, let's go boys. Mm-hmm. And it's wild to me too. Like I like the DeBoer hire for Alabama. But if this happened one year ago, he's not even top 10 on that coaching search. You know, yeah, he might I mean, not be top 20 on their coaching I was going to say, you could probably search. go to 25, and it's mm-hmm. like, ah, he might be on the, still on the outside looking in for that. And maybe he'll be really good. Like, I have nothing against Alabama, so I'm not one of these guys who's, like, rooting for their failure. It's just wild. And maybe this is striking why the iron is hot. Maybe you're going to get the next best, best coach, even though he hasn't had a lot of success but i mean he is he's checked some boxes everywhere he's been he's been very good it's just to me it's a little bit crazy because like i said a year ago if nick saban were to retire i don't think they would be like yeah let's go get that washington coach (laughs) but also when you go undefeated and you take your team to the national championship a lot of things change for you for sure. And then my last question here in regards to this, what team do you think can surprise us next year? And the couple that I have here is LSU, USC. I know, you know, Caleb Williams going to the draft, of course. And then I kind of threw in a, a random one just to, you know, year three of Matt Rule. What about Nebraska? Is there a chance that they look at this in the Big Ten and say, we kind of have an opportunity here to maybe make something happen? Um, LSU, I don't know if LSU would be a surprise. Maybe they would because they're losing Jaden Daniels. Um, but I think that they've got enough returning. They've done a really good job uh, of pulling away coaches from other universities, too. They took yeah. – um, I, I think they even got, they got the defensive from, coordinator from Mizzou. Uh, I think they got the D-line coach from Texas, Texas even. Like They've been doing a very good right. job yeah. of pulling in some really solid coaches. And Brian Kelly is just going to – he's going to win games. There, his family. That's what they're going to do. Yeah, it might not be pretty or as exciting as it was last year, but they're going to win games. So I don't know that LSU is going to surprise anybody. I think USC might surprise some people because I don't think they're going to be very good. Uh, They lost a lot, and Caleb Williams really bailed them out of a lot of games last year. So I just don't know if we're going to see the same out of USC. I think they could be pretty bad. Uh, Sorry to mean to cut you off there. So. Caleb Williams, you just said, bailed him out of a lot of situations last season. Cliff Kingsbury was his first year there last mm-hmm. year. Looked a little iffy on that offense, kind of like, man, what's going on with Caleb Williams in this offense? Like, it's just not what it was last year, it seems like. <laughs> Rumors that he's having interviews with the Chicago Bears for offensive yep. coordinator. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe maybe you get a, another year to work with Caleb Williams if, he, if he's drafted by Chicago. I don't know. Kingsbury is the guy that just keeps failing forward. Like, he gets yeah. fired. At Texas Tech, and then the Arizona Cardinals are like, come be our head coach. <laughs> like, hey, we know you sucked at Texas Tech in the Big 12, and you could barely scrape 500 with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, but yeah, come come be our head coach in the NFL. Uh, you're a good-looking guy. We'll throw a lot of money at you. So, yeah, I saw those, inter- those uh, rumors too. Maybe. And then you put Nebraska on here. I'd love to see Nebraska 
be good. And like they will always have a soft spot for me just because it's what I grew up on. Like when I first started watching college football, it was Nebraska that was good. So I was always kind of low-key a Nebraska fan. Uh, we'll see. They're doing a good job of recruiting. Uh, a couple teams that I did put on here that might surprise people. Notre Dame still brings back a solid team. Yeah, They hit the portal, and they got a quarterback from Duke and Riley Leonard. Uh, at midseason, I, a lot of people were talking about him as a first-round draft pick. And I never saw it personally, but a lot of people did. So maybe he's a, a guy that can surprise. And then Tennessee, Tennessee brings back a lot. They've got that freshman quarterback. I can't remember how to pronounce his name, yep, but he uh, is look. It's a E something, or it starts with an I. Not an L. E long, huh? Not an L. Yeah. <laughs> Capital I'm I. I'm glad you remember. Yeah. Uh, story, never I forget. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to say DJ Uyunglele, and Melo taught me the trick of like just listening to other announcers say it and then figure it out from there. So once I got DJ Uyunglele names down, I was like, all right, sweet. Like, let's move on to this one, Nico something. But I thought it was a dumbass, <laughs> thought it was three L's to start the name. And he was, so I'm sitting here saying la la something, but the way it, it's like illy lay or something like that is the way it starts. And I just couldn't figure it out reading three L's. And he was like, hey, that first one starts with an I. And this, I just know he saw the look on my face of being like, son of a bitch, that's right. And we died laughing at it. And I still <laughs> never learned how to pronounce his name. So. No, I don't remember. Like, that's one that just left me. But I mean, he looked pretty good in their bowl game. They could surprise people. Oklahoma State brings back a lot of guys, too. And, is there a running back coming back, or did he yeah, the, Yep, he's he going to be back. Ooh, buddy. The Big 12 is going to be very weak next year. <laughs> well, you know what? I say that. It's going to be an interesting year for the Big 12. Like, we'll see what happens they could be better than I think a lot of people expect. But you Uncle might Colin see. Colin was calling them the Mountain West. He said the Big 12 is dead. He's like, that's Mountain West now. I think they've got some solid programs. They're I not the Mountain agree. West. They're, like, they're better than what the American Conference was. They're not the SEC or ACC. But they're that next tier, which might be a tier by themselves, though. They're not the Mountain West, I don't think. I think they've got some schools that can be good. <laughs> Oklahoma State should be pretty good. KU should be pretty good. K-State. Yeah. You've got some Utah. teams in there. Nobody that's going to scare you. Um, oh, Arizona. Like, we'll see what happens with them. Because I was very excited about Arizona. They lost their head coach. There for a minute, it looked like a lot of guys were going to enter the transfer portal. And then they didn't. So I, I left them off of my top ten. But they were right there. In consideration. And the only reason I didn't put them in there is because I didn't know who was leaving and who was coming back. But if, if they can get their quarterback back, he was very good. Uh, you, maybe you can talk your receiver and your running back into coming back. I saw all of them were at the Arizona basketball game. So if you can get those guys back from the transfer portal, Arizona could be very good. And they might win the Big 12, which is still just an absolutely wild thing to say. Never would have thought Arizona <clears throat> right. to be in the Big 12 personally. but Yeah, it's crazy, but it's happening. Um, other things that are happening, we kind of talked about it too. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, what to do with Michigan. They're another team that I left off of my top 10. Harbaugh is out here interviewing for spots. And we talked about it. There were a lot of rumors tying him to the Chargers. He interviewed with the Chargers. And then one thing that I love in the NFL is if a coach interviews with you, they're going to announce it. And they did. They immediately put it on their Twitter. We have interviewed Coach Jim Harbaugh. 
And then it comes out that the Falcons also interviewed Jim Harbaugh. So he's done this before where he's taken meetings and he's interviewed with NFL jobs. I don't know if it was the fact that he didn't get them or if he chose not to, but we'll see what happens. I mean, he's putting his name out there and he's interviewing with, with NFL teams. So I think that he probably ends up leaving Michigan, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Do you think there's any value in the fact that he might want to go to an NFC team so he can meet his brother in the Super Bowl again, or do you think that's not part of it at all? Uh, maybe. I mean, it sounds wild, but that's what the Mannings did. I mean, when Peyton Manning kind of hit free agency, he decided, like, I'm not going to the NFC. I don't want to compete against Eli. I want to go against him in, like, a Super Bowl. So I, yeah. it's a possibility. I have also heard that he might be waiting – uh, for some of these playoff teams. Uh, it, things did not look good. Uh, Dallas lost, and I think while that game was going on, myself, a lot of other people were saying, like, McCarthy's got to be gone. Yeah. And so that was the spot where I thought maybe Harbaugh would look at that situation of just like a team that's already kind of established. Yep. Or the Eagles, they get bounced from the first round too. It, it wasn't looking good for Nick Sirianni, and it's that's just absolutely berserk to me. This dude took your team to the Super Bowl yeah. last year and lost to the Chiefs, and now people in Philly are already like, like he's got to go. Field goal, <laughs> like that's like a field goal on a weak holding call on defense that puts them uh-huh. in position to kick the game winning field goal. And then but, even this year, they still won like ten, eleven games. Yes, made the, the playoffs. Here's the thing, though, with Jeff Lurie, doesn't give a flying f. You got statues of Nick Foles and Doug Peterson, and neither of them are with your team anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're going to allow great things to happen. You're going to remember it. You know, you're going to build some statues. They're gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Nick Sirianni lost, lost both coordinators. They're both head coaches. You got one in Arizona, and you got one in Indianapolis, correct? Looks like they're doing okay. Yep. Nick Sirianni's kind of struggling a little bit. Things did not go well this year. If he gets fired, is that a realistic landing spot for Harbaugh, or would he not want to deal with that Philly fan base? Or do coaches, I mean, do coaches think about that? Like, that fan know. base is insane. I mean, like, it genuinely is. They're freaking nuts. He seems like the kind of guy that would almost invite it. Be like, yeah, I, I dealt with it at Michigan. They <laughs> wanted to fire, fire me. <laughs> yeah. I took a pay cut, and I listened to all the noise. But that's another location where if the Eagles job does come open, it's in the NFC. It's pretty close to his brother geographically. Yeah. And then you could go in and you can compete. Uh, and you have a ready-made roster that is ready to go back to a Super Bowl. Like, I'm, I'm still a big Jalen Hurts believer and fan. I, I think the Eagles still have a really good roster. Invest in the defense. It, it really fell apart defensively for them. And, and then you would be, you'd be ready to go. But, I mean, the Chargers, the Falcons, see what happens with the Eagles. The Patriots, like, almost immediately – uh, made a hire, uh, bringing yeah. in Gerard Mayo, which seems like a pretty good hire. We'll see what happens. I, I do like the fact that he was kind of saying that he's going to be his own coach. He's not trying to do what yeah. Belichick did. This is a new era, and it should be, because so many guys fail by trying to duplicate what Bill Belichick yeah, did. Patricia and Josh McDaniels, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> specifically. Like, exactly. I will say your name flat out. Yeah, um, or even uh, yeah, Josh McDaniels, like you said. Um, just always trying to take that Patriot way with them. It never really works out. I mean, I remember Romeo Cronell and Charlie Weiss and like all these coordinators. Nobody has ever duplicated what Belichick's been able to do. No one's even really had success when leaving the Patriots. 
So I maybe Gerard yeah. Mayo will. And it sounds like they are probably looking at a quarterback, which they definitely should. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I mean, wait, they're sitting there at the three spot, so surely they can get the guy, um, mm-hmm. somebody that they want. Uh, my thought, though, and the, the job that is the most interesting to me is the Atlanta Falcons. Some mm-hmm. people might say, what about the Chargers? You know, if the Eagles job opens up, then, yeah, that you know, we'll overcome both of those. But with the Chargers, it's that's just the biggest what-if team ever. The other teams in that division, you know, mm-hmm. we'll see where they go. But, like, at the same time, it's like the only thing you truly have there is Justin Herbert. You got Bose on defense. He's been dealing with some injuries. Derwin James is not getting any younger. Wide receiver-wise, those guys are getting older. They also can't stay healthy. Uh, Keenan Allen, again, not getting any younger. But when you look at this Falcons team, they have young studs all over the offense. And it just kind of reminds me of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before Tom Brady got Mm -hmm. there. It's like you're just missing a couple things, and once you get it, you're ready for takeoff. You get a quarterback in free agency, and you go add some guys on defense. And I Mm -hmm. think they could be something. They got the the eighth or ninth pick in the draft as of Mm -hmm. right now. Maybe they trade up and get a guy. Maybe they trade right. back and get extra picks. But, like, to me, and I immediately thought I was talking to uh, some guys today about it. It's like, what if the Falcons take this offseason? They go and get a guy like Chris Jones. Therese brought up uh, uh, Daniil Hunter. You bring in a defensive guy like that on defense. Again, excuse me. Let me say defense a couple more times. Mm-hmm. Maybe go get Play a Kirk defense. Cousins. Yep. Uh, <laughs> to rush the quarterback, get some sacks. Kirk Cousins at quarterback, uh, maybe you trade for Justin Fields if the Bears decide to go somewhere else, and you get the right head coach. I think that's an intriguing spot, and the NFC South yeah. is wide open. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they almost won it this year and uh, had a revolving door at quarterback, it seemed like. And I even saw a mock draft saying uh, the, the Falcons could trade up to number one if the Bears really want to shop it that falling back to, like, pick number eight would be a good range for them because they can still get – a lot of guys that they want, mm-hmm. and, but you're also going to get a lot of picks in return. And then I've been talking about Caleb Williams being with these other guys for almost a year now. I mean, it would Very be yeah. uh, great. As soon as the draft happened, it's like my first mock draft that I put out. It's like, I want Caleb Williams with Bijan Robinson and with Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Like that is just an amazing matchup. So I would love to see the Falcons trade up and get it. Uh, Belichick interviewed for that job. Too. So uh, we'll see. Um, I personally would like a more exciting coach to go <laughs> to the Falcons um, and let Belichick take his Patriots way to some other team and be boring because I want excitement for B. John. Uh, and I said it a while back. I think I tweeted it. I don't know if I said it on the show. I, I would love to see Mike Vrabel go yeah. there. And like a coach, I know uh, that the guy that was there came from Vrabel. But a guy that is going to run the ball and use Bijan Robinson the way that he needs to, where he's getting 15, 20 touches at least. I mean, he should be getting 12 to 15 carries and five targets in the passing game. And then you have those other weapons there. Uh, I think it would be a great landing spot for Vrabel. And then, like you said, maybe they bring in a veteran quarterback. Maybe it's a Kirk Cousins type when he's back from injury or Maybe they make a move up, but like, like the Falcons are a team that I'm really watching this offseason. They, yeah, they have potential definitely. to be very exciting going into next season. Um, like I said, the NFC South is wide open. Um, the NFC North we thought was going to be wide open. 
I, I don't even know, man. Like, I, I've said it a million times. I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fan. I'm rooting for Jordan Love heavily. Yeah. And that dude looked like a Hall of Famer in his first playoff game. So many great plays. Like, just off-platform throws, taking a shot, still getting the ball off, putting it in a perfect spot. It just play and play again he just made. And you look at the Cowboys, like, oh, another playoff choke. Who would have thought? I'm surprised Mike McCarthy didn't get fired. Like, I get it. You know, you don't want to make emotional decisions in Jerry Jones. That one, I think, could have been made, and we all would have been on board with it. Yeah, I thought so, too. Like, I was I, I was really surprised. I thought that this was going to be the year that they finally got rid of McCarthy. I mean, even the year even before last this. Year, yeah. Right. There's like, hey, maybe Lincoln Riley is the guy. Or just, I Sean mean, Payton, a lot of opportunities. You know what I mean? Yeah, Sean Payton. Lincoln Riley, Sean Payton, now you have Belichick who's available. And Jerry's just sticking with this guy. So I guess good for him to be loyal. But at the same time, <laughs> there are options out there that I think all of us can see are better options than what you have in Dallas. And I, I don't know. I, they decided to stick with him. Uh, but maybe it was just Jordan Love. Maybe he ran into a juggernaut that we're just not aware of yet. But, like, I don't know what the odds are. They probably haven't even released them yet. I'm going to tell you that Jordan Love is going to win the MVP next year. I have seen the story Ooh. before. Ooh. It's his second-year starter. Ooh. <laughs> he's he's going to do it. it might, they might win the Super Bowl next year. It's going to be his only Super Bowl. And <laughs> yeah. he's going to play for about 15 years. He's going to go batshit crazy, and everyone's going to hate him. But he's going to be a Hall of Famer, and he's going to be one of the best arms in NFL history. That's that's the story on Jordan Love. I think it's already written. <laughs> Just There it is. Why even wait to experience it? You already know what's going to happen. Yeah. Don't even watch it. Forget about it. Exactly. Uh, Chiefs game. Uh, two Chiefs fans here. We both expected them to lose, I think, or maybe yep. to just not win as convincingly as they did. Uh, thank God for weather. Because yeah. the Dolphins ah, yeah. can't I really play think in the that cold. Was it. Even with your old pass rushers, like, nobody was getting pressure. Like, the Chiefs did on blitzes, right? But like, Mahomes has enough experience in handling mm-hmm. those, and we all know about the photographic memory. He's able to, to call them and get himself protected. But, like, man, he didn't have any pressure, it felt like. And when he did, he just made the right decision. Mm-hmm. And for Miami, like, it truly was the weather. That weather kicked their ass. Oh, it was kicking everyone's ass. Uh, I was talking to a coworker about it today. And she's a huge Chiefs fan. She went to the game. And she said when the game ended, the actual temperature was negative seven and that the feels like had reached like negative 35. And I was reading um, a newspaper article today where they had over almost 70 calls to 911 to Arrowhead Stadium because people were getting uh, frostbite and uh, suffering from hypothermia in the stadium. Uh, absolutely just crazy. Holy cow. And I can't believe, like, looking back on it now, that the NFL let that game take place in an outdoor stadium when you like, know that it's going to be that cold. More so, like, letting it happen, but letting it happen at night where it's going to mm-hmm. be cold. Like, why not move that to the day game? Like, why not move that up? What? Why are you not able to do that? Mm-hmm. Especially when Buffalo, the Bills, are like, hey, we can't get to the stadium. It's a blizzard. They're asking for We're snow moving. shovelers for this weekend's game. Like, it's snowing <laughs> right. in now. They're like, hey, yeah. we need you guys again. It's mm-hmm. like, build a fucking roof. Like, if you're going to build right. a new stadium in this pit, put a roof on. <laughs> we thought of that. Right, yeah. And, and with Kansas City, like, if you know it's going to be that cold. They, they knew for a week 
Yeah. Move the game, like you said, move it to the daytime or just come to the realization that this is not safe for fans or players. Like the players, I'm not super worried about. They're going to have all of kinds of gear. Some them got frostbite too. Like they, right. Yeah, you you're going to have like the heaters down there. Call, but. Dumbass. Yep, you're just, <laughs> that's on you. Like, I'm sorry. You, you ask for it. You left-handed snapping yeah. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, happens to the best of them. But I think the NFL probably should have moved that game. Like, move it to, even if you move it to Sunday or you move it to Monday, it wasn't nearly as bad. And I, I know that the elements are part of playoff football. That's just not safe for fans. So if Buffalo yeah. can look at it and be like, hey, our fans can't get to the stadium safely, we're going to move the game. And I tweeted it out over the last week. They showed the picture of the Buffalo Stadium, and it was covered in snow. And I said, just wait till kickoff. There will be nothing but green grass on that stadium. Yeah. Sure enough, there are like two feet of snow in the stands. Yes. Green grass on the, the field. The two pictures that they used, it was like all the snows on the field, nothing in the stands. Picture before game time, it's like all the snows in the stands, there's nothing on the field. Mm-hmm. Like you guys don't have another exit plan for this snow? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like but that like was my said, thought process with this. Like, what build the a roof. Like, I get it. Like, you want to be outside in Buffalo. It's part of your like identity as a community. Have a retractable roof to where if you want to play in the cold and you want to play in the snow, fine. So be it. But when there's two feet of snow, put the damn roof on so your fans yep. can actually come and sit in the stadium and watch the game. And then I mean, the open s- it up when the game starts. And if it's snowing, then then you get the snow game. Only on the field. Exactly. Like, let it worry. Like, let it happen there. Yeah. That makes too much damn sense. <laughs> but we've talked about them building a new stadium and uh, their current stadium having a, a hole in the ground and it just being a pit. Now, I don't know if you've seen this. I think the Chiefs lose this football game next weekend <laughs> because the Buffalo Bills, their winning streak has started with fans going to look at this hole in the ground as they're building this new stadium. And they've called it the pit. A fan fell in, gets hurt, has to go to the emergency room. Bills win. So they've now started this thing of feed the pit. Mm-hmm. We have to sacrifice ourselves for a Bills win. Chiefs don't stand a chance. You're going it's, up against human sacrifice. Been a good literally. <laughs> it's going to be tough for the Chiefs. It was going to be anyway. But like uh-huh. you said, it's probably going to be snowing again. I love – I do. I did see the pit thing. I love it. I, like you already yeah, have a nickname for your it. stadium. I'm all about it. hilarious. As soon as it's completed, it's like, oh, you got to go into the pit to play. Like, it reminds Damn. me of uh, Parks and Rec, too, with like Andy Dwyer just <laughs> falling into the pit. There's so many good things about it. Like even with the Chiefs playing Buffalo, like I should be rooting against the Bills. You just find things to root for. <laughs> like yeah, even like, their, uh, through their stupidity, you still are just like, well, it's gonna be cool to see like, the Bills win one. How in the world did we go from like, man, how do you do anything dumber yet cooler than jumping through tables? Mm-hmm. You lit them on fire. Like, oh man, you reached a new level. How do you do any better than uh-huh. that? Hey, you're not gonna guess it. We're gonna build a new stadium, and in the process of doing that, we're gonna hurt ourselves. <laughs> Sign us up, <laughs> Bills Mafia. Super Bowl. Like, yep. Shit. But you know that there's some guy that's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'll sacrifice myself. As long as the Bills win, I will jump into that pit. Like, I just first. know they're arguing over who gets to do it. <laughs> right. Like, it was my idea. Why, why are you the one doing it? I was the one uh-huh. that recommended it. 
Yeah. You're saving somebody high profile for the Super Bowl. <laughs> They've got no, like a Tony's ranking. got it. You've got this week. Tony's got Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. We already <laughs> talked about it. We have a plan. You know the plan. Uh, it, it will be exciting to see. Like, we've been talking and kind of waiting for Bills, Chiefs almost all year, really, like for the playoffs. This is something that happens. Usually it's in the AFC Championship game, um, (laughs) but it's still, it's going to be good. And the fact that it's in Buffalo is going to be very exciting too. Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game, I think he's probably going to be okay. I I think he can play on the road. But Buffalo is going to be very good, and they are favored by By three three. points. Yeah, which is that that home field advantage, right? Mm -hmm. That they're not predicted any more than that. But... I still think they find a way to do it. I think I heard, I think it was Uncle Colin that said 24-20. And I was like, yeah, I was kind of thinking 24-21, that kind of fits in there. So, Yeah, especially with the cold weather. Yeah. Josh Allen, just I, it, he's kind of in the news, too, of like the fake slide thing. I didn't think it was a fake slide. I, I think that he thought about sliding, realized that the defenders were not coming, and made a move. Like the dude yeah. is just, it was he's impressive. Like, he's the most uncoordinated juker. <laughs> uh-huh on the earth like yeah he, and he makes it work again and again like you can go watch mm-hmm. his like highlight package i think there was a bill's fan that put it together it's like so are all yeah. these other ones fake slides too and it's right. like yeah this guy just can't juke he just like stops <laughs> and was like oh if i like fully stop i'm gonna hurt myself so i might as well uh-huh. keep going and then he has no change of direction ability like he just has to slow down <laughs> to change direction and in doing so he throws everyone off it's like wait this guy's He's actually still moving. I, I thought yeah. he was going down because he was moving so slow. But it works for him. And he's, he's honestly, he's fun to watch. So yeah. uh, we also had the Texans-Browns blowout last week. Good for the Texans. Just another team. tried the real deal, man. He's so good. And I love it. I know you do because yeah. you had him over. I, just, I don't know how to react, again, being right on this. It's like, do I tell everybody? Here, do I just like let it play out? Like, just Ricky Bobby, I, I don't know what to do with my hands. I have, I have not really been here. So good, <laughs> yeah. And then the Lions um, ruined Matt Stafford's homecoming, which I also love. Uh, I like Matt Stafford, but you decided to leave that team, yeah. and now that they're good again, like they should boo you when you come back. Like, that's Man, I was what you do in sports, did, though. Mm-hmm. You just straight up boo the guy that was there forever, played through so many injuries, so many fourth quarter comebacks, nine minute monologue see? of a goodbye, and then he comes in, and you're like, boo. Like, Somebody shit. put it out, and I think it might have been his wife, of like the fans were even booing his daughters. Yes. And I think it was one of those barstool guys who was like, how does that even work? Like, I'm calling bullshit. Yep. How do you boo somebody? Because you're in a suite. <laughs> like, like the regular fans did not see you or interact with you. It's like, so Oh, Hey, hi, sweetheart. Really? Like, have you lost your mom? Are you all right? Oh, Matthew Stafford's kid. Boo. Like, no, that's yeah. not how that happens. You suck. We hate your dad. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So <laughs> yeah. it, it did feel dad. a little bit fishy for me too, but I, I don't know. It's, it reminds me of Tony Gonzalez. He left the chiefs years ago when they were bad. And then it came around. They draft Patrick Mahomes. They get pretty good again. Sorry about you, Tony. Like, you decided to leave this team. Yep. And they got you better. You and Matt Ryan had your fun. Don't get. Mm-hmm. Don't come back now. No, 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 no. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just part of sports. And then also, I, I really like it for Jared Goff, too. Yeah. He's another dude that I find myself rooting for. And even for Dan Campbell to be like, you were good enough for Detroit. Yes. Like, 
Sean McVay ran this dude out of town. It was like, I, he is not my quarterback. We've got to get rid of him. Yeah, John Wolfork is just <laughs> as good as this guy. Get him out of here. I'll take Stafford. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I really liked it for Jared Goff. I, there's so many teams I find myself rooting for. Like the Packers and the Lions, both like of them. Even the Buccaneers, like Baker Mayfield, like, dude. I'm kind of I'm kind of <laughs> hoping to see more success from you. Like, go for it. I think the Lions win this next game, but I hope it's yeah. a good one. Like, I'm I'm kind of rooting. Like, I don't have a dog in that fight. It's like, all right, whoever wins, cool. I just both it, hope. I just hope both teams have fun. Yeah, yeah. They just put that on a shirt. I saw somebody even. I think it was one of the Lions players. were talking, kind of talking trash on Baker Mayfield. Like, that's a really good group over there. If you give uh, them a good Chauncey quarterback, Gardner Johnson, believe it or not. Yeah, like they yeah. would be special. Like they've got all these guys, and I think he mentioned like Russell Gage and Baker yep. Mayfield. Is like, well, I can tell he doesn't watch film because <laughs> Russell's great, but he hasn't played for us all year. <laughs> it was the way that he said it. It's like such a nonchalant. Like, hey, I love Russell. He ain't played a snap for us all year. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh shit. Like if you're <laughs> Russell Gage, you're like, oh, thanks, man, love you too. It's like, fuck, like you're not wrong, but damn. <laughs> I don't, I don't like Baker Mayfield, but sometimes. <laughs> he can just—he can really dunk on a person. Like you got to be careful what you say. Uh, but this weekend uh, on Saturday, you got the Texans versus the Ravens. That'll be a good one, just because how great Houston has been playing. We'll see what Baltimore can do with a little bit of time off. I, I think the Ravens probably win that game, uh, and then the Green Bay Packers take on the San Francisco 49ers. Kind of a similar story there. It's going to be in San Francisco. What's Jordan Love going to do on the road? Uh, in his second playoff game. Uh, maybe they play upset again. Brock Purdy has been great. I just still question if he's good or not. So he yeah. probably is. But I think it's a, a big George Kittle game. I think the Packers hang in there, but I think George Kittle has one of those games where it's like, man, it's just you're not stopping that guy. Yeah. Like everyone else is going to have so much attention, he's just going to be doing his thing. Nine catches for 85 yards and three touchdowns. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. All my and best then, hit. Appreciate you saying that. <laughs> on Sunday, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are still in the playoffs, uh, go to Detroit. What a playoff matchup. Yeah. The Buccaneers <laughs> at Lions. Uh, happy for them, I, like you said earlier. I think the Lions won that one. And then Sunday night, uh, we get the, I, I think, the best game of the weekend. Maybe I'm biased, but you get Chiefs at Bills. We talked about that one a lot. That's just going to be that's a heavyweight matchup. Two like, of the best. You're not teams. you're not beating a human sacrifice. I'll say it again. Bills by three. It's yeah. I, I think the Bills will probably win two. I you can't escape by. Also, who am I? Like what the flip? <laughs> <laughs> what the f? <laughs> the B and B C stands for unbiased. I don't know. Uh, good for you though. You've you've come a long way of just. Shouting out how great the Chiefs are, they're going to need Patrick Mahomes uh, to show up and like show up big. He's probably going to need uh, three hundred yards. Or you need Travis Kelsey to make some noise. Like we've we've <laughs> not seen it yet. Like we we've been yeah. kind of waiting for it. We've been expecting it. Three drops last week. I understand it, but like, damn, dude, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I know it's cold, but like. <laughs> Play better. <laughs> Go get one of those cute little puffer jackets that Taylor's yeah. got on. Because <laughs> those Which things are everywhere. <laughs> did look super cool, by the way. It was. It, it was, was pretty dope. I don't know how much those are selling for, but so it was many especially people are made for those. her. But yeah, uh-huh. yep. Uh, I saw even, Kyle Juice Chick's wife or whatever. Yeah, and then there was one even in Detroit. Uh, there was an Aiden Hutchinson one that for she had made. Bonner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for a fan. Dude, hey, I'm uh, all about it. I've been. So I'll low-key admit this, or I'll just straight up admit it. But 
I've been kind of I've been following her on TikTok all season because of the outfit oh, really? she's made for like the 49ers and stuff because uh-huh. like her husband's a player but like she'll take a jersey yeah. and make like a t-shirt or a jacket or something mm-hmm. or like a skirt or boots and it's like that's actually like kind of cool plus she's really good looking and so it's like <laughs> look at that like what a combo and then all yeah, of a sudden it's like you've seen her make things for Brittany Mahomes You're like oh pretty neat like okay whatever Brittany and all of a sudden it's Taylor Swift's jacket mm-hmm. and then to come to find out it was her it's like holy shit that's super cool for me yeah. it was like both worlds colliding that nobody right. knows about. So. <laughs> right. Yes, your TikTok uh, follow and Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, Woo-hoo. it was cool. I had not been following her stuff until it blew up and like Taylor Swift. Everybody was talking about it, and then a lot of people started looking at the old stuff uh, of what she was doing with the 49ers. It's super cool, and then good for her to get it in the right hands of. I mean, obviously having a, a husband that plays in the NFL helped her with that, but I mean. You put it on the biggest superstar in the world right now. You yeah. got Taylor Swift to wear it, so good for her. And they are. They're really cool. Like it will I wear one? Probably not. But yeah. maybe she starts she, dipping into the more of a men's line. Did you hear how it worked out where she made Brittany had requested one and she made it for Brittany and then she decided to go ahead and make an extra one for Taylor and send it and be like, Hey, nice. show this to Taylor if she wants and Taylor was like, Yeah, I'll wear it and all of a sudden it was so I think mm-hmm. when she saw it, she was just as surprised <laughs> as everybody else of like, Oh fuck like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, that yeah. happened. <laughs> yeah, good for her. Uh that's it for us though this week. Maybe <laughs> next week. <laughs> maybe we come back and we've got some puffer coats on. I don't know. They're probably a little outside of my budget. If Taylor yeah, Swift is wearing it. Yeah. <laughs> can't really imagine that. But a lot of football on this weekend. Uh, NFL-wise, only a couple weeks left of the NFL season. Um, like I said, that's it for us, though. We appreciate you guys joining us again. Uh, Big Country and I will talk to you all real soon.